I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What's up, everyone? You're listening to, you're watching Kicked Back. And Liam, it's been a while since I've been on the show. Guys, there was, for me, a little bit of a health scare during the holidays. So I had to take some time off and I completely unplugged from everything. And when I got back into my football news, I was shocked, especially when I looked at the Premier League standings. <laughs> I'm like, what did I miss? Like two weeks off. And um, I felt like I took three years off. So lots to catch up on. Liam, how are you? I'm good. Yeah. It's, uh, Premier League came back with a bang to say the least. <laughs> um, Chelsea, 10 points away from Champions League, 10 points away from relegation. So what the hell? that's something. Yeah. I don't know. Like that is... I mean, we got it on our topics to talk about today. But you know what? Tee off. We'll start with Chelsea because that honestly blew my mind. I saw the score in the mm. FA Cup between Manchester City. I heard that Manchester City didn't even have the big boys out. Yeah. And Chelsea played like shit. Yeah. Chelsea were bad. They were very, very bad. <laughs> and they played them in the league just before that too. And they were okay. They like, they kind of got it in a bit tough because Sterling got injured five minutes into yep. the game. Then Pulisic got hurt as well, like 20 minutes. And I think and all of a sudden you've, you've lost two of your stars right away. So that's a massive disadvantage. And then you don't have anyone to really bring on and Sissy just managed to outclass them in the end. I know it was only one nil, but at the end of the day, like big teams are going to win those games. And right now Chelsea is on a big team, Like the, the squad just, the strength of the squad just isn't there for me at the moment. You know, it's, I, I feel for the players because obviously they're coming out of the world cup and a yeah. tough schedule, you know, so I understand injuries, but oh, I'm so torn with, with Chelsea because obviously they, they sacked Tuchel. Graham Potter comes in a, a coach that's highly Mm-hmm. respected by a lot of very successful managers yep. at the moment. Yep. So everyone's like, okay, maybe, you know, Grand Potter can get the job done. Now they're in 10th place and everyone's either, because I've been reading how Chelsea fans feel and there's fans are divided. Either they're saying Grand Potter's not tough enough for this job. They almost want like a 10 hop <laughs> who has like no remorse for anything yeah. and just discipline. And we're going to run you for 15 kilometers after a game. And they don't think that, Grand Potter has that mm. versus it's not a Grand Potter issue. He needs more time and we can't keep sacking managers. It's the culture of this club at this moment where you have talented players like Pulisic, where I said at times at the World Cup, Pulisic is a very talented player, but he lacks that desire to be aggressive for a full 90 minutes. Yeah. And I wonder if that's happening at Chelsea. So I don't know if it's a culture problem, if you can't just resort to sacking your manager at all times, if Grand Potter needs to kind of change the way he's been managing this team. But Chelsea is in this weird spot right now, which again, this was a team that shocked me the most when I saw the standings. Yeah. Like for me, like I'm on the side of it's a culture thing. Yeah, I agree with you. I, and you look at the players that they have in his squad. There's a lot of talent, obviously. There's Chelsea mm-hmm. Football Club. They have a ton of money to spend. They've spent a ton of money. But you look through the squad and yeah, it's good, but it's not as good as it has been. Mm-hmm. There's no Lampard. There's no Drogba. There's no John Terry. I guess maybe Thiago Silva's that guy. Peter Cech. No Peter Cech I, in I, his team. Like the, the spine that like got them there forever. Like even obviously the players have moved on and not retired now, but like the the form of those plays is gone too. Like it's just not there at the moment. And to just blame it on Graham Potter after what, 10 games? Like it's ridiculous. Like at the end of the day, like it's January now. Graham Potter's gonna have his his input on transfers and stuff. Or maybe he won't. Like, I don't know. One of them came in, Jao Felix. Apparently he's on loan now, right? Like Kai Havertz doesn't work. Why did you just go buy Kai Havertz again? Like, it's just kind of weird. Like stuff like that. I I think Chelsea fans, for me, like you got to be patient the rest of this season. It's I get it. The standards at certain clubs and Chelsea mm-hmm. standards aren't mid table, but you've gone through, you're going through a bit of a transition right now. And I guarantee you in uh, over the summer, 
Graham Potter is going to put his thumbprint on this team and like bring in the right guys to like identify what Chelsea Football Club is supposed to be about. I do think you've got also got to also like factor in some of the injuries they've had lately. Like Mendy's not playing. Mm-hmm. Defensively, been chill well, never seems to be fit. So kind of stay what you want there. Reese James, one of the best defenders <laughs> exactly. in the league. Yep. Didn't even go to the World Cup. Fafanu, you spent all that money on, has gone. N'Golo and Conte, like, come on. Like, one of the best midfielders to ever play in the <laughs> Premier League isn't on your team right now. Sterling got hurt. Abamyang, I said it when you signed him, he would never do anything for you. So <laughs> that was a waste of money. But it's just like, yeah, like, I don't know. I think. I think it's unfair to judge Potter so harshly at the moment, especially when you look when he started too. Like he came into this like pretty well. Let me pull it up here quickly. Well, but. it's exactly it. Tuchel kind of had. Remember when uh, I forget was it uh, Zagreb that Chelsea lost to in yeah. the Champions League, and yeah. then everyone was like, "Okay, they're not doing anything." Tuchel gets that. Grand Potter comes in. Chelsea starts winning in the Champions League. The, yeah, they so they drew the first game against Salzburg. I think it was a yes. late a late goal for yeah seventy fifth minute from Salzburg. You beat Crystal Palace, you beat AC Milan, mm-hmm. Wolves win, AC Milan win, Aston Villa win, Chelsea draw against United, beat Salzburg, then ironically enough, you lose to Brighton, which is kind of when it all went downhill for them. Since that loss to Brighton, they've only had one win in the Premier League. Granted, the World Cup is obviously coming between. But in that though, they didn't score against Arsenal, didn't score against City, didn't score a goal against Newcastle, didn't score a goal against Villa. They've actually only scored. I didn't realize this until I'm reading it. In their last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games, including the FA Cup game. Uh, sorry, there's a friendly in there. So seven games, they've scored three goals. Which, which is, is kind of whack, actually. Which is so confusing to me because why Jao Felix? And I'm mm. not a hater on him. I'm waiting for him to show me what everyone from Benfica loved about him. Yeah. And I'm almost not buying this narrative that every team he goes to doesn't play the system that he plays in because I'm sorry, when you're a professional athlete, it's not always going to be that way. For, like, you, yeah. you can't just have like, you know, this red carpet laid out for you saying, okay, this team's going to play your system and Joe Felix is now set up to be the star. When you're an, a very good footballer, you will adapt to a position, to a system, to a coach, to a team, to new players around you. It may take some time, but you know, y- you will eventually do it. And I think Jao Felix, it'll go one way or another for him. And I know that that's like very simply put, but he could go into this Chelsea team and make some magic and, and be kind of like this star player that fans love. Mm-hmm. Or he keeps doing kind of what I seen him do at the World Cup where he, for a player at his price point and a player of almost how much he's talked about, doesn't connect his passes the way I think he should or have moments that I think he should. So, and again, I don't want to be shitting on him, but I wonder, you know, how he's going to do with this Chelsea team and, is he the guy to turn it around for them? I don't know. I hope so, but I don't know. Yeah, I I agree with everything you just said. Like, eventually, it get, comes down to the player. Yeah, like you've got to figure it out on your own as well. Like, this is you know at Chelsea, and I guess my first point would be Chelsea just need a, a straight up striker, yeah. someone who's going to go <laughs> exactly. score some goals. Like, you look at what United's trying to do right now, signing. Uh, What's his name? Verghurst or whatever his name is. Like people like kind of criticizing that deal a lot. But when you look through what Ten Hag has done, like that's his identity. Like uh, Huntelaar, Sebastian Haller, who's actually playing for Dortmund today after like, because he got diagnosed with cancer, right? So he's like finally back. So that's really good to see. Uh, There was a couple other players in there too. And it's like, that's Ten Hag's identity as like a target man up front who actually has some skill, can run at defenders a little bit too and get in behind. Like, Chelsea just don't have anybody like that at the moment. And Jao Felix isn't going to do that for them. And the other thing I was just kind of thinking of, as you were saying it, like he was at Atletico Madrid and obviously La Liga is a big league. Like I'm not denying that at all, but it's not as in the spotlight as what the Premier League is. Yes. Would it not have been more beneficial for Jao Felix to go and play it like in a Serie A or something like that? Almost shelter him a little bit from like, the massive media, like obviously they get a lot of attention at those big clubs and he would go to a big club if you went there. But it feels like this could really be do or die for his career, which is like crazy to say because he's only 23, 24, whatever he is. But like, this is a big deal. This is a massive, massive club. And the Premier League is the biggest league in the world, arguably the biggest sports league in the world. And now all eyes are on him on a team 
like struggling massively. And on a team where fans are very visibly frustrated. Yeah. From the start of the, they had that. Remember when that ref against was it Tottenham? They they Taylor. Yes, they yeah. had that like petition go out for him never <laughs> yeah. to ref games. And you know now the coaching situation. You're right. Like the pressure that this guy has, and I hope I would never want to see the downfall of a player. Like I hope he he shines and he's the star of this Chelsea team. But I agree with you. Maybe Sadia A was more of his vibe and, mm. and the style of play maybe yeah. would have suited him more. But I do think he had a heavy price point. And uh, you said yeah. Chelsea has money. Maybe this was a club that was willing to pay. I just think, you know, yeah, it's kind of sink or swim for him. Do you know what? There was actually something kind of wild. So Brett and I did a show on Friday. Mm-hmm. We, we, we took a little bit of a trip down memory lane and Love we those. looked at a lot of the January signings teams have made and stuff like that. And it was interesting just looking at Chelsea, what they're trying to do right now. If I can try and pull up the team here quickly, but they were, they're trying to buy young, like they're trying to really buy young players and build their way back up again. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was very interesting when you go back and I understand this was under like a different regime in Abramovich and obviously different managers, not Todd Bowley. So clearly (laughs) his image is a lot different, but it's interesting how they're doing that now when you consider the players they've sold in the past few years, like, Tammy Abraham's gone. Tamore's gone. Tariq Lapti. I know he's not been fantastic for Brighton, but he was just at the World Cup with Ghana. Like, I th- I find it interesting that that's happening now. And as a Chelsea fan, it must be very frustrating to see that. Now you're spending 50 million on this kid from Aston Villa and 50 million from this kid on Malmo. And it's just like, but we just had all these players and now they're all gone because we didn't want them. And now we wanted to go and buy Kai Havertz, Timo Murna, uh, Jorginho, like... Uh, Kula Bali, all these guys who it's just like not working as well it's as like, it probably should be. They're almost putting all their eggs in one basket. It's yeah. Just praying for the best. Yeah, exactly. And I, I actually think Todd Bowley is a good manager, a good owner in that sense right now for them, because this is, this is his man in Potter. This is the first manager he's brought in mm-hmm. under his regime as he's higher, I guess. And I think he's going to be, be very patient with him. And actually Pepe Guardiola said something the other day. It's like Chelsea fans need to paraphrase it a little bit, but basically said like, give him some time because um, even uh, Guardiola said, he's like, I got time. Like kind of, I didn't need the time because I had Messi. Messi isn't on this Chelsea team. And now you need to give it to him because Look what he did with Brian. I, you know what? I'm not on this train of like uh, a manager needing to be sacked after one month of, of losing games. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do think that there's a point in time where change needs to happen. If, if you're not seeing any, not even progress, but if, if there's just like, you know, that in the future, things aren't going to change. I don't think Graham Potter's a manager that's just going to continuously sink. Yeah, I agree. I think he, and it, again, like, Pep is saying this. Klopp has said yeah. this. Some of the best managers in the world are backing this guy. This guy has something in his skill set to bring to Chelsea. He needs time. And again, I do think it's a culture thing. I think Chelsea needs to be injected with some <laughs> serious energy and heart and yeah. motivation and determination that we're just not seeing. I mean, 4-1 to City. And we know City is such a great team, but it's unacceptable. Yeah, it is. It is. Like you said, kind of off the bat, the standards for a mm-hmm. team. One last message I would have to Chelsea fans is look at Mikel Arteta yeah, right yes, now. Yes, exactly. Arsenal gave him time and they're saying pre five points up on the Premier League on City. So also, wow, 19 points ahead of you in the league table. Yeah. So there you go. And also Ten Hag, man. You know, I'm not his biggest fan, obvious reasons. I'm a loyal Ronaldo fan and I don't like how that whole situation was handled, mm. but you got to give him credit. He figured it out. Do you know they haven't lost back-to-back games since losing to Brighton and Brentford at the start of the season? Isn't that crazy? It is wild and like how he just, everyone is kind of on the same level for him and he takes no prisoners. And who was it? Rashford who like slept in? Yeah, so Rashford missed a team meeting and he suspended him. Or, uh, yeah, suspended him or disciplined him by signing him on the bench. And Rashford came on and scored the game winner against if, Wolves. So honestly, it's quite funny. if it wasn't for the whole Ronaldo shit show, I'd be a big Ten Hag fan. Um, I, I just, I have a hard time. But, Fair like, enough. But you have to look at what he's, I mean, aren't they in fourth? United are in fourth they're, right now. They're in fourth and equal on points with Newcastle and Newcastle played one more I mean, game. And, come on. Yeah. Like they, and also crazy Europa League game we're about to get between Barcelona oh, and yeah, United. Because Barcelona, I mean, Barcelona right now is at the top of La Liga and have conceded the least amount of goals in all of Europe's top five leagues with six. 
I mean, what's happened? <laughs> yeah. I, that's funny, that isn't it? And then you go into the Champions League and they just got dismantled. It's just wild. I guess sometimes you just got to focus on one, one thing at a time and it can derail you sometimes. But yeah, like it is, it is nuts because Real Madrid lost. Did you see Real Madrid actually had that thing the other day for the first time in club history? And I'm kind of curious what you would think about this too is they, it's the first time ever they've not had a Spaniard in their starting 11. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. So. It's interesting because, yeah, if you even think of like when they were the Galacticos, yep, when they bought yep. like Beckham and those guys, they still had Raul in the team, Mikel Salgado and those kind of guys. And now so Sergio Ramos was obviously there forever. But now that Spanish influence is, I can see us too, a Spanish influence is kind of gone and the Spain national, Spanish national team has suffered because of it. Isn't it wild how before the World Cup, things were so different. Like yeah. United was kind of in, in a place where it was super chaotic and same with Barcelona. And it was like Ten Hag has a lot of work to do. Xavi's in the media for all the wrong reasons. And now here we are post world cup and Barcelona is like the best defensive team. <laughs> United is, you know, in an unbelievable spot in the table. And now they're both in the Europa league yeah. And they're taking each other on. And Chelsea's in the Champions League. <laughs> Honest to God, yeah. what's happening? What I will say about Barcelona, though, and I'm happy for their team and I'm happy for their fans. I won't buy into this narrative and storyline until they make some noise outside of La Liga. Of them being good? Yes. Yeah. I don't think we'll see that until next year. I do think United will beat them. I do too. I do too. I, and, I think, we, and I stand yeah. by that. I say, I stand by that because I said that before the world cup, I need to see Barcelona do this outside of La Liga. I need, I will be impressed if they don't concede a goal, uh, a goal at old Trafford. I'll be impressed if they're able, if Xavi and his men are able to take apart what Ten Hag and United are doing right now. But until then, They've always had these moments of like a really good streak or, or, you know, a really good run in La Liga and everyone gets so excited and then they play a Champions League game and what would now be a Europa League game and they don't win. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just not buying it until, and I hope for them and their fans that, you know, they do have success, but I'm just not buying it yet. I think the biggest difference for me is. And I've said this before that La Liga isn't that good anymore. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of Real Madrid and and Barcelona and everyone else is just kind of around. Like, yeah, Atletico Madrid have the name value, but they're also fifth in La Liga right now. And what's that? They have twenty seven points and Barcelona is forty one. Like, you look at the Premier League. United is in fourth place, and they're nine points behind the leaders, but only four points behind Man yeah. City in second. Like it's just a com more competitive league and United is striving at the good, at the perfect point and Barcelona, they obviously have fantastic players. I just think that'll kind of factor in a little bit is like, we already saw it in the Champions League. They got outclassed because they weren't as good as Bayern Munich and Inter Milan. Like it's simple as that. So yeah, like I, I kind of agree. Like I think Barcelona is on the rise in La Liga, but they've also got to prove it on the big stage, mm -hmm. which I guess now is the second biggest stage in the Europa League. I'm so excited to see what happens in the Champions League. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of just forgot. It, I kind of just blew every like that whole month of the World Cup <laughs> just erased everything that had happened. Oh, like, like you said, up. like there was all this shambles in United and Barcelona before the World Cup. Like PSG was kind of going through some stuff with the players, which seems so irrelevant now. Like Chelsea. I'm sure they were like fifth after the world think, before, yeah. like when the break was kind of going on, like now here we are. And it's just like, wow. Even Tottenham's dropped. Yeah. Uh, and your team, Newcastle, look at them. Thriving. Thriving. One loss. I don't know. Are they, they need to actually turn some of those draws into wins. I'm just kind of like, who did they? So that draw against Arsenal was good, but the draw against Leeds, I'm not really about that. So <laughs> we'll see. They, there was a whole rumor about them. Getting Ronaldo, actually. Did you hear about that one? Newcastle. Yeah. Is so, it if they go to the Champions League? Yeah. So Eddie Howe pretty much just shot that down immediately. Like, that would be the most wild thing to have in a contract. Like, hey, if this team in this other league is really good this season, then we'll just let you go there. 
It just seems really weird. I don't know. It's just at such a point, random release clause. At that point, Ronaldo would truly own the sport. Like if yeah, that happened, would. you would say like, this guy has so much power. We were just talking about it off the show. He goes into his new club and there's obviously this rule where, you know, if you're not married, you can't stay in the same yeah. household or something along those lines. And obviously Ronaldo and his girlfriend are not married, but they have given him like this. <laughs> like special grant. Yes. Essentially. Which yeah. I'm like, think about the power this man holds to be able to do that yeah it's, it's insane it is wild i saw his house that he's staying in i haven't seen anything yet oh my goodness it's uh crazy it's bigger than any house <laughs> like all the houses i've lived in i've lived in about 50 it feels like it's bigger than all of them combined mm-hmm. and it's just that like in Saudi Arabia, or like even those just like Middle Eastern countries, the thing that always kind of blows my mind is just like how big the buildings are. Yeah. Nice. Like a competition to who can build the biggest building and they're always cool shapes. Have you ever seen Fast and Furious? Yep. Like when they like fly across? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, that is absolutely, obviously that didn't happen, but it's not crazy. <laughs> they just build these buildings identical. But yeah, it's uh, the Saudi Arabia thing is going to be very interesting. I've been kind of trying to think about it in an open mind and I understand the political stuff behind it and that's obviously not good. But like on the football side of things, is this not like a similar move to what David Beckham did to Galaxy in the sense of like, he's just trying to like grow the sport in a different way of things. And like originally when I, when I did think of it, I just thought, oh, he's just going for the money. But my dad actually kind of talks me out of it a little bit being like, well, maybe he's just trying to like grow the game in different ways. I'm like Saudi Arabia, like they didn't get out of the World Cup round uh, to the round of 16, but like it's a big tournament for them. And now they're, they've got one of the best players to ever walk on this earth in their country yeah. playing football. Like hopefully it kind of works out. And think about, um, you know, what happened at the world cup for the Arab countries and the African countries, like, even just Ronaldo joining Al Nassar, their social media following skyrocketed yeah. in like days. Jersey sales, I bet. Yeah. So I think more people, especially after what Morocco did, Saudi Arabia did, I think more people are going to be maybe tuning in to these Arab countries and what's going on in these leagues. And now Ronaldo going there even more mm-hmm. is going to bring eyeballs to the leagues. I'm going to be completely honest. I've never watched Al Nassar play a game. I've never heard of him. I'm the biggest <laughs> Ronaldo fan. Will I be watching? Absolutely. Will I be keeping up? Absolutely. So it's very cool to see again, his power and, and kind of the impact he has. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think again, what, you know, Renard did with Saudi Arabia at the World Cup and how they beat Argentina and Morocco and the incredible run they had. I think a lot more people are going to be more interested in the talent that these countries have. And hopefully now their leagues grow. I mean, it's so good for the sport of football. And I I don't blame Ronaldo for taking that paycheck. We didn't blame Casemiro for doing that when he went to United. He's obviously going to be retiring at some point Mm -hmm. sooner rather than later. And of course, you want to take care of yourself and your family. So he he did what he did. And I, I'm kind of excited to see where this goes. It, it just kind of adds another flavor to what we get to talk about now. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be different not to see it. Like I thought the interesting thing was the fact that like he was talking about champions league so much and I never got it. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like an interesting wrinkle for me. I guess just on Al Massage, I was just looking through the squad. They actually have like a couple of players that people would know, like David Ospina, mm-hmm. who is the Arsenal goalkeeper and with Columbia at the 2000. 14 and 2010 World Cup. I think he was at both of them. And also, um, I'm going to butcher his name, but the Cameroonian striker who got sent off at the World Cup, Vincent Abu Baker, I believe. I am so bad with names. On the the show on Friday, I was like reading all these names and I literally would just point to Brett. I was like, what's this guy called who did this and this? And he'd be like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, thanks, Brett. See you later. (laughs) I would carry on with my little spiel. But he's there. He's been there all season. 13 goals in 39 games. Sorry, he joined their last season too. So like, me, I'll, I'll have to look through the teams, but there must be like some players over there. Yeah. Playing. Like, I just hope this doesn't turn into like what the Chinese league experiment was when they got like Oscar and Hulk and there was a few other players I went to and it just failed miserably. Like the Saudi Arabian, I believe it's called the Saudi Arabian Pro League, like I said, needs to find a way to get these games in like mainstream media some way or another. I, I agree. Ronaldo's got to help that, but like 
maybe Fubo or like a streaming service like that, that, like picks them up. That means I, I, how else are we going to watch, right? That'd, Highlights, that'd be I a guess. shame. That'd yeah. be such a shame. You're absolutely right. I didn't even think about that. That'd be such a shame if the only way we could watch is YouTube highlights. Yeah. Yeah. So they would have to figure something out on that sense of things. But yeah, it's a, it's an interesting time not to have Ronaldo in Europe anymore. I've seen so many, you know, people say, what else does he have to accomplish in Europe? I kind of agree with that. He's accomplished so much in Europe. So this yeah. is like a whole different world for him. And why not? Yeah. Yeah. So I think he has a two year contract, which would put him at 2025. I think he'll come to the MLS after that. I'd love it's like to a build up to the world cup. So yeah. Did we have uh, Roberto Martinez on our list today? Yeah, we sure do. That's a perfect but, transition. Yeah. There we go. We've had Thoughts. Two pods. Why? Honest to God. <laughs> I want to know who in the Portuguese football federation thought this was the, the choice and yeah. like their rationale behind it. It feels so lazy. Like, it, it feels <laughs> perfect. Was so lazy just to hire a guy that is like no disrespect to Martinez. Like he had a great run at Everton and club football with Swansea and Wigan too. But like, for Belgium, like, is he not the biggest disappointment? Oh. Like, I know they went to a World Cup semifinal and everything, but like, a team should have probably won the World Cup. And they ran into the team, obviously, France, who went to win it. But it's just like, really? Like, this is your guy. You've just gone through all these issues of like, your manager isn't doing the right things in certain aspects. And you're like, you're failing in tournaments. Like, Portugal should have done way better at the World Cup. And now all of a sudden, you're just hiring almost the same manager, like, I don't know tactically how similar they are, but like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like there was rumors of Jose Mourinho and now you're going with Roberto Martinez. Like, I don't know. It just seems lazy to me. I don't really have like much bigger take on it, but yeah, just, I feel like the Portuguese FA could have just done much, much better. So much better. And you talk about disappoints. The first line in my notes, I, in my opinion, Belgium was the most disappointing team at the world cup. Yeah. And not only that, but you had storylines of teammates fighting each other and Kevin De Bruyne going to the media saying that this team won't win a World Cup because they're too old. And I understand that Martinez can't control what grown men say and do. Yeah, yeah. However, with those storylines and how poorly they performed at the World Cup, not getting out of that group stage, he lost the plot with this team. He lost the locker room. And that's very clear. So now you have this Portuguese team who's Probably the most talented generational team right now that we're looking at. Oh, yeah. I mean, Rafael Leao, then we have Ramos and we have that Mendes kid. These are all players who are in their 20s, early 20s. And yeah. you're bringing in Martinez, who did nothing with a golden generation with Belgium. Belgium, yeah. To lead this team, hopefully a team that could win the Euro. I'm just wondering these young generational talents deserve more and I I maybe I'm wrong about Martinez. I want to be wrong because I want to see this Portuguese team flourish. I think that anyone is an upgrade from Fernando Santos, but it's really not that much of an upgrade because what the hell has Martinez done with this Belgium team that should have won? They had never won a major tournament. Uh, and, and and that's mind blowing. You have Kevin De Bruyne, Hazard, amongst many others. Mm -hmm. Lukaku. Lukaku, exactly. Yeah. Like it's just so confusing to me. I, I don't understand the rationale. I don't understand why someone said, Hey, Martinez had a shit World Cup with Belgium and let's promote him essentially <laughs> to take this Portugal team to the promised land at the Euro. It's it, it, there. The lines do not connect. It makes no sense. Yeah. Like you said, like there's so much talent on this Portuguese team <laughs> and you still want to see it wasted. And yeah, it's just, I don't know. Like, I would have liked to have seen like the other candidates on the list and been like, okay, yeah, maybe he was actually better than most of these guys. But if that's so, then you should fire the man who's making your lists because <laughs> you got to find better candidates if this guy's your, your top dog. So we'll see. Like, it's uh, what's Portugal 2024 is the next world, uh, Euro. Sorry. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Fox that'll kind of be, that'll kind of be the, the thing, right? Like, that's going to be his what he's got to accomplish. And yeah, I'm sure Ronaldo is going to have some things to say when he gets to camp and see what happens. It's funny you speak about that. Cause he, I guess the media asked Martinez if they want to include Ronaldo on the national team. And he said, Ronaldo deserves respect after 19 years as a part of the national team. We're going to speak about that together soon. So I appreciate that from Martinez. Mm -hmm. um, I don't like how Ronaldo's, how the world cup ended for him. I do not agree with Fernando Santos and how he played him against Morocco. I made that clear in our post world cup recap. Uh, I think Ronaldo deserved way more. And I think that the game could have looked different because Ronaldo was the most impacting player when he came on. And I just don't think he had enough time. Uh, but 
I think that Martinez needs to find a way to bring Ronaldo into this team, respect Ronaldo, but also build on this young talent. Like this Portuguese team with the talent that they have should have done so much better at the World Cup. Yeah. So much better. And if they don't perform at the Euro, whoever made the call to bring Martinez in, Again, I don't want to be so mean to Martinez. It's just to me, it makes no sense. I, there's a tw- I just, so I searched Roberto Martinez to kind of get some reaction on what people think. And somebody put Roberto Martinez being allowed to manage back to back golden generations is like Pete. He's essentially like Pete Davidson. <laughs> oh, God, what a pop culture reference. <laughs> so, so there you go. We got Pete Davidson. Maybe it's, it's going to be peak comedy. <laughs> yeah, right? I, it truly could be like even like some of the players who are older in the team, like Bruno Fernandez, Bernardo Silva. Like this team is absolutely nuts, and yeah, like he's got a he's got a task on his hands. Can he do it? I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Like maybe his voice just got too too much in that Belgium locker room, and they just had enough. Like. <laughs> Yeah, it's about the leaders on the team. And I think the Portuguese team actually did a good job of not involving themselves in the Ronaldo stuff. So that to me, just show a good group of of leadership. I think the unsuccessful tournament of the World Cup did come down to management more than anything. So maybe this is a good change for them. Maybe Martinez will figure it out. Or maybe the players are just too good not to have it. I hope hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. And it'd be, you know, I I don't want to see any coach or player not succeed. So hopefully he's successful in this job and and maybe we revisit this conversation in a year and say, wow, what Martinez has done with these star players and, and kind of integrating the young players with the veterans has been amazing. But yeah, right now, I, I don't think we're alone in being slightly confused. No, no, me neither. And <laughs> let us know. Let us know what you think of exactly. this move too. Uh, did you hear Zinedine Zidane turned down a U.S. men's national team job? I did not. But did you hear the drama on the U.S. men's national team? With Burhalter And um, Claudio Reyna? Is that his, yeah, that was his name. Yeah. Well, with the... With, with the, Gio's dad. And mom, apparently. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> I know. Honestly, insane. I missed so much. And the stuff that I missed is like uh, my favorite stuff. It's like the dr- pop culture drama. Yeah, it's like it, a soap opera. It was nuts. And... So basically for people who don't know, which I think most of you probably, I think a lot of our listeners are in the US. So yeah. hey, like what's up guys. Yeah. Thanks for listening to our one bear halter <laughs> episode and subscribe. We'll and, clip this for them on YouTube in a little second. Yeah. So essentially what I picked up from it was. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry and some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Claudio Reyna was like, texting and basically trying to blackmail Berhalter to play Gio Reyna more at the World Cup because of something that happened like 25 years ago, which was essentially Berhalter was 18 and he's now current wife and him were dating back then. And he like, they were in like an argument. I guess he kicked her. So not ideal, obviously. And it got figured out. The two of them saw it out themselves. And he said, since then it's been like a loving relationship and we've come past it. And 
I've grown as a person. So essentially that was what G, uh, Claudio Reyna was trying to blackmail him with. And it's just like, what the hell is going on? Like how uh, your son is at the world cup and you're texting the manager. This is not U 12 football anymore. Like absolutely insane that that would happen. So I, I think Berhalter is now on some kind of suspension to investigate, to see if this has ever happened pre like since then too. So just kind of wild times there. But yeah, the fact is that Dan has denied the job now too. It's just well, like, well, it's, how big is this job? Yeah. So it's, it is also wild, but apparently Zidane is the one who like the U S men's national team program, which I love that they shot for like, they sh- shoot for the stars. Exactly. Yeah. I love that they did that. Zidane was the one who turned it down, but I would have loved to see him take this job one, because there's going to be, you know, obviously the world cup's going to be in the U S right. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming the majority of the games are probably going to be in the U S uh, this U S team has so much young talent. Like we saw that. I do think Burhalter deserves credit to getting them to a certain extent at the world cup. But I do question why he didn't bring on Reina, you know, and then especially when they were playing, you know, the Netherlands and Van Hall kind of basically outcoached him. Burhalter was a lost. He was like a, a yeah. lost puppy in that game and having Zidane come in and coach this U S team, I think could have been just so iconic for so many reasons. And he could have done so much with the pool of players that this U S team has against so many young freaking players on this squad that are so good. Uh, I would have loved to see it, but apparently he doesn't speak English. And he said that he's not going to coach a team. Zidane doesn't speak English. I was shocked to hear that too. I heard that on ESPN FC. Huh? I guess that kind of makes sense. Like yeah. when he never played in England, yeah. so he probably speaks Spanish, Italian and French, yeah. I would guess. Um, yeah, good for the U.S. for trying to right. I mean, get I don't the I mean, biggest guy on the list, like better than Portugal. Like, geez, always. <laughs> so, yeah, that's good for me. Berhalter did a very good job at the World mm-hmm. Cup up until the Holland yep, game. He, I agree. The runway is is end is it's gone. Like you've hit the you've hit the roadblock mm-hmm. now, and I think it is time to move on and say thank you. Thank you, Greg. (laughs) See you later. Uh, Back to the MLS for you. So yeah, like, like you said, like this team has a lot of talent on it, like and a lot of talent that shows a lot of pride to play on that U S team. And it's funny, isn't it? Because the U S men's national team to put it bluntly is not done anything really on the world cup stage, but they think they are, a, a massive, massive, uh, football federation uh, association. We say like credit to them. Like it's, you gotta have confidence to perform. And when they go to these tournaments, they have high expectations for themselves. And I think from an Englishman's perspective, like when we go to these tournaments, fans have high expectations. I don't know if the players truly believe they can do it, but when the U S play, it kind of feels like they think they can beat anyone in the world. So it's interesting. It's very interesting. Um, I'm curious to see then who's going to be the manager. Uh, like I, I don't think it'll be an American born manager. I think they will go out and, and find a big European guy. Cause I think that's what sells Mourinho stars. To, you're Mourinho to the U S yeah. Oh my God. That'd be unreal. That'd be nuts. But stars sell in the U S mm-hmm. whatever you are, whatever, whatever you're famous for. Like, that's what sells tickets there. So I think that's what the U S want to see is the biggest ticket on the block playing in Hollywood or wherever the U S team plays. I think the future of the U the sport of football in the U S is so massive because these fans and like you talk about the, their football association, their soccer association thinking they're so grand. I kind of love that because yeah. they know how much their fans are obsessed with the sport. And again, mm-hmm. I always go back to the story when the U S men's team failed to qualify for the 2018 world cup and Josie Altador and Michael Bradley were booed by American fans in every single MLS game they played. And I'm like, <laughs> I felt bad for Josie and Michael, but I'm at the same time, it made me realize how much these fans freaking care. And I'm like, this is, this is North America. Yeah. So it's so cool to see this. Now this U S men's program, which I think that they dropped the ball prior to the world cup with the Burr now shoot for the stars with Zidane and try and get him on board. And and now I hope that they still have these high caliber managers in their mind to come and coach this team, because I hope after the world cup, the one thing that they were left with in their mind saying, we have a lot of young guys on this team that can like Tyler Adams for me was incredible. You know, yeah. to, to, 
to potentially do something when we host the world cup. Like they have yeah. all the, they have all kind of like the players and keys. It's just a matter of now putting the right people in the right positions to help this team succeed. Yeah. And that's going to be the big, biggest task for them. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm trying to think of managers who could like be the next, the ma- the next manager of the U S team. Like, Carlo Ancelotti. It would be, it'd be, sick. it'd be crazy. So yeah, I think that's what they're laying for. But like you said, Tyler Adams was unreal at the World Cup. Hopefully he can kind of keep that form in the Premier League oh, for Leeds and Leeds can stay up. Um, Brett and I did a lot of predictions on who was going to go down and neither of us said Leeds. So oh, there you go. Up the Leeds. Um, <laughs> apparently Zidane turned down Brazil too, which to me would have also been another crazy team hmm. for him to coach. But I'm, I'm trying, like I was thinking like what would make him turn down these offers if it's true? Again, these are like rumors. Uh, and I think he was really gunning for the French job. And we know that Deschamps got his extension now until 2026. Obviously, been managing this side for a very, very long time. Won the World Cup in 2018, 2021 Nations League, reached the final of the 2016 Euro, and then obviously the most recent World Cup here in 2022. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people wanted to see Zidane coach this side for many reasons. He's French. He's an icon. He's won, you know, three champions league in a row with Real Madrid. I think (laughs) that these young guys on France would be like starstruck to see Zidane coach them. Uh, But then the drama with France blows my mind. Like how much has come out after the world cup with Deschamps and Benzema and apparently like Giroud and a couple other guys saying they didn't want Benzema on the team and Benzema apparently like being okay to play, but France was like, no, Deschamps basically sent him home. Like who knows what's true. Yeah. But then you have, um, the French president of like their football association say that if Zidane had called him for this job, he wouldn't have even picked up the phone. Really? Which I find so disrespectful. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Well, the French team is kind of, when it doesn't go the way, there's a lot of noise. So I'm, I'm like blown away. Yeah. Like I think it was a 2010 world cup where oh, I can't remember who it was. It might've been like Patrice Evra and somebody else was like essentially sent home. <laughs> From the World Cup, like it might have even been Benzema to be honest, because Benzema was also essentially banned from yeah. the squad for a while, and there's a couple other guys, and it's just like, yeah, like if it doesn't go their way, like they get all very upset about it and grow up. Uh, yeah, like come on, like you're some of the best footballers in the world. You're one of the best teams we've ever seen at the World Cup, and this is how you're kind of going to be recognized for it. it. Just seems seems wrong i guess you could say but even like you kind of think about it like going into the world cup like i don't know if there was a lot of noise but like they weren't in like great form and then basically mbappe dragged them most of the way right that's what i've been i've been thinking about this and i'm like you don't fix what's not broken and this french team got to a world cup final and Mm. came back but at some point you also have to think like mbappe mbappe came back yeah it wasn't really a full um, picture of like this French team putting together a performance in the second half and in overtime that really got them into penalties. It was Mbappe at halftime, which we've all heard his speech by now. Yeah. And Mbappe scoring, you know, a World Cup hat trick and, and f- four penalties. Yeah. I, or was it three penalties? I don't even, I don't even know what my he brain scored, is saying right now. He scored four goals at two scored, penalties. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's, it's just mind blowing to me that, you know, this happens with the French Football Association. They're, they're such a good team. You know, okay, you know, Deschamps has an extension to 2026. He's done so much for this club, but then they disrespect Zidane like this. And then even Mbappe tweeted, which Mbappe is one of my favorite people to follow on Twitter right now because this guy doesn't care. He wrote, Zidane is France. We don't disrespect the legend like that. Like, you know that that probably stirs up some chaos on the team because you're like, how yeah. can you support our football association when an idol, I'm sure for Mbappe, because Mbappe is a young guy. He grew up watching Zidane and he's like, how the hell are we disrespecting him like that? Yeah, it is a weird thing to kind of <laughs> to do. Like... <laughs> He's he's a Dan. Like it's mm-hmm. not like he's just some guy who they're kind of pulling off the street. So who's never managed before or anything like that. Like I said, like he had all the success of Real Madrid, and it's been kind of waiting on the sidelines for this job. And for me, like I think Deshaun should have gone. I think he's just kind of like he's the same with Greg Bohal. So like, how is this team going to get any further than what I they agree. have? Like I, it's perfectly said. And as you say it, I completely agree because. 
I think he's reached the end. Like yeah. he's accomplished a lot. So and I much. don't know like how much more there is to accomplish for him. Yeah. And like, you even look at the Euros, like they weren't very good at mm-hmm. the Euros. And then you had the World Cup and basically Mbappe showed up. And Griezmann played really well mm-hmm. for them too. But like, just you look at the games, like they were down against Australia and had to pick it up. They, yeah. who else did they play in that group? Poland. Was it Poland? Yeah. Tunisia. No, it wasn't Poland. Poland was round of 16. Denmark, that's Denmark, who it was. They, yeah, yeah. Did, well, yeah, we were just kind of a disappointment. Yeah. And then, yeah, even the England game, like, I don't want to say they got lucky because that's not what I'm trying to say, but like, England probably could have got away, could have come away with that game. And then you're out in the quarterfinals. Obviously, that didn't happen and you make it to the final, but then you beat a Morocco team, which two of the teams before you should have probably beat too. And then if it wasn't for Mbappe, you would have lost that final 2 0. Well, that ref also in the England game. I don't oh, like saying everything's yeah, on, right. but that ref was heavy. Yeah. He- heavy on Francis. That guy was wearing a French jersey underneath his referee. Yeah, jersey. someone wanted might check some bank statements. Yeah, see, honestly. See the last time we made a bet on a football match. But that must yeah. have been such a stressful game for you to watch. It was so over Christmas I was down in Calgary at um my girlfriend's sister's house and her husband showed me a picture of me with like I was stood up. I stood up for the whole game. Aww. I had my foot on the table and I just had a Bud Light in my hand. And the Bud Light was like, it wasn't a form of a can anymore. It was just like, <laughs> so, like gripped so hard. And I I just remember, like I didn't remember doing that, but like those cans weren't empty. Like they were pretty much full. And I was just like holding them and holding them. And it just got like more and more crushed as it got on. I was like, oh my goodness. Like, I'm so you were stressed, dehydrated and- Everything. Yeah, it just, was all in one. A, I needed a nap after it basically. <laughs> yeah, no, but that was a crazy roller game. Coaster. Uh, we'll wrap up this episode talking about Gareth Bale and even Loris, the retirement that they announced. Loris was just international, right? Yes, yeah, yes. yeah. Um, Gareth Bale. I feel like our generation knows how incredible he was. But yeah, th- these up and coming the the Gen Zers, they'll never understand because he's retiring at thirty three and he hasn't in the most recent years made too much noise. But I was reading some stats. Listen to this: Gareth Bale at Real Madrid has more trophies than Zidane, more assists than Beckham, and more goals than the original Brazilian Ronaldo. That's wild. He was, yeah, like I'm just lucky here. And it, it, he's in it's such an interesting player because yeah. people call him like the greatest British player ever, which I don't really know what that means. <laughs> like, is that just a way for Welsh fans to kind of get one up on English and the Scottish and stuff? Like, I'm not denying he wasn't a fantastic footballer, but I've just never really heard that for anybody else before so who was it before gareth bale is my question like what are the rankings here but anyway like yeah like he showed up in big moments for them like that what that uh champions league final against liverpool Liverpool, bicycle kick holy smokes and i'll never forget that goal he scored against inter milan too i think it was for tottenham yep and he just absolutely bodied Mike on who at the time was at like the peak of his game. So good. And then oh, all of a sudden, like he's just like 33 years old, won an MLS cup with, uh, with Los, Los Angeles. Yeah. And now he's just done. Like, I find it so strange. I think this is 100% on his terms. Oh, for sure. Like it's not that he didn't want that teams didn't want him. I just don't know if he wanted it. Well, five champions league titles. Uh, he scored his first ever world cup goal in Wales's first world cup goal in 64 years mm-hmm. when they played the U S at the world cup. What else is there for him to do? If he yeah. wants to retire at a young 33, which I still don't even think is like it's young for us. But when you've been playing a sport, your whole life, your body's tired. Mm-hmm. He wants to retire on a high note and he doesn't feel like there's anything more he wants to give to the sport. He's done so freaking much. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it was so much money too. Yeah, because that's essentially why he didn't leave Real Madrid is because nobody could afford to yeah. pay his wages. So yeah, like he's he's saying pretty. I, it, this must have just kind of been the goal in a sense the whole time of like getting Wales to a World mm-hmm. Cup, and then from that point on, just kind of not worrying about what comes yeah. next and just getting to that point and then thinking about it. And like you said, like he did everything. He, the Wales went to a semi final of the Euros. With, like that's absolutely insane to even think about. Like, so that was 2016. I think that was, if you had asked me in 2006, if Wales would even get to a Euro, I would have probably said no, mm-hmm. but he helped that turn that entire country around of like 3 million people. I think it is. And just changed the football there. And what was that flag he had once? Wasn't it like 
Wales Golf Madrid or something like that. Oh man, that was funny. But yeah, he just played on his terms and he was he was legit for and, a long time. And gave us iconic moments. Yeah, and I think that's that's how great footballers will be remembered. Yeah, I agree. Like David Beckham, he left England like relatively early. Mm-hmm. But people are always going to remember that goal he scored from the halfway line or that iconic free kick against Greece and just like so many other moments. Wayne Rooney, again, career kind of ended early, but no one's ever going to forget that bicycle mm-hmm. kick he scored against Manchester City. And I think that's the moments you kind of got to embrace a little bit as a football fan. Like, yeah, like that was unbelievable. I'll remember that forever. And yeah, like Bale has those moments and yeah, I great agree. career. I agree. 111 caps for his country, 41 goals. He's kind of done it all. And yeah, I, I enjoyed watching him play. I, I really did. I always was fascinated by him. So I don't blame him for retiring. Go live your life, man. You got the money. Now you can relax, spend time with his family. Yeah. Football world's like sending their love to him because again, the people who grew up watching some of the stuff he did, you know, that he was, again, I think good for really iconic moments, which isn't easy to do. No, no, it's not. And yeah, that's what people yeah. will remember. And yeah, Loris, Loris, Loris retires international football, been to four World Cups, two World Cup finals, and has one World Cup with 145 caps. Also really impressive. Four World Cups. I think friends missed a World Cup too. So I wonder if that was 2006 or 2010. I can't remember. I'll have to look it up. But yeah, like... He was crazy. Great career. Yeah. I think it's a good time for him to kind of call it a day, especially with all that stuff that's going on with France. So yeah, like he was legit for them. He won a World Cup, like you said. Like he showed up in big moments. He was around. So he's the most capped player, I believe, in French history. I believe that. And the most most games at a World Cup by a French player too. So crazy. Legend. Crazy how much stuff has happened. Honestly, the drama. Yeah. This is yeah. this year, like, and I know we're, we talk a little bit even about, but like this season of football, I guess we can call it has been some of the most chaotic, dramatic, yeah. unexpected stuff we've ever seen. Because the big clubs are back. <laughs> the big clubs are back. Arsenal's kicking it back at the top. AC Milan and Inter Milan are both relevant again. Like the Bundesliga is relevant as a whole again. Mm-hmm. And then even Barcelona, I guess, to a sense are like on the rise too. Like, we just need a little bit more from League Un and we'll be good. But PSG definitely provides a lot of drama. So we should be fine there. I'm so excited to see how we felt prior to the Champions League, uh, prior to the World Cup about the Champions League. If this is how it's going to kind of play out now in February. Uh, or if we're completely like, feel like we're watching different teams. Yeah, like, yeah. can Bayern Munich keep it going? What's PSG going to do? Yeah. Uh, Chelsea. Like, it, it's just going to be so wild to see who... Real Madrid's kind of fallen off the, they're not falling off, but they're not leading La Liga anymore, but can they win the Champions League? It's just so crazy. I'm so excited. Yeah. It's, uh, football's back. Football's back, baby. (laughs) And we're back on Thursday. So Mm -hmm. we'll see you guys on Thursday. Like Liam said, if there's anything that you guys have an opinion on, let us know what you think. So many coaching changes and drama and decisions. We want to know what you guys think. I actually have been asking people one thing in the last couple of shows, which I thought would be cool is leave a review. Yeah. Leave a review on podcasts. I think you can do it on any of them you listen to. Maybe even just tweet us and just tell us what you like about the show, what you dislike about the show too, I suppose. And because we just, we want the show to be as best as it can be. So we can't do that unless you tell us. Cause right now we think we're great. It'd be cool. It'd be cool. Uh, maybe at some point we can start doing some live segments too, because then we can interact live. We'll, we'll get all this sorted guys, but yeah, let us know what you guys want and, Uh, We'll, we'll make it happen on our end. All right. Peace out, everyone.